Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You have to believe that you can do something that nobody else has done. And somehow that concept has to become reality. Somebody's got to make the play to stop the draft. That last run, in fact, again, they push the pass for the first. You're listening to No Fly Zone Radio with Victor Green. Welcome to the No Fly Zone Radio Show, all the way from across the pond. Here are your hosts, Fifth Sweeney and Richard Hindley. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome to No Fly Zone Radio. This is episode number 173. I'm your host, Biff Sweeney. I'm joined here by my good friend and draft tech analyst, Rich Tinley. How's it going, Rich? Yeah, we've just beat the bill, so uh, amazing. <laughs> A lot better than oh, last week. A lot better than last week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, forward, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18. Plus. Crazy good. 
Yeah, to be honest, it was night and day. Like Zach was Zach was good. The offensive line in the fourth quarter I thought was outstanding. Um in, especially in their own game. Uh Jets uh, just to let anybody know that didn't realise Jets bet the the Bills twenty to seventeen. Uh, I thought they'd done a great job on um uh, Josh Allen as well. Like I'm a big fan of Josh Allen, even when he was coming out of Wyoming. Was, I, some people were telling me he was the next Hackenberg. Which no, he, he I, he's big and he's powerful. He's got serious arm on him. But like that, he said it himself uh, last week that his accuracy wasn't very good in the first two years, and like that, that's that's spot on. But um. The freaking dog in the background. Actually, an interesting stack him up during the game, Ian, if you remember, when he kind of compared Josh Allen's first 19 games to Zach Wilson's, and the numbers were almost identical. So, you know, when you look at kind of the panic surrounding some of the fan base when they're talking about Zach Wilson, it, it, it kind of just highlights kind of how silly that is. Like, you know, you can't kind of expect a guy like, Wilson coming in from his program with the kind of development that he needed to go through to be a superstar after 19 games. Yeah, we probably would like to see a little bit more. But for how the team is set up at the minute, I think the more kind of mistake-free games he plays, the better chance we have a winning. And like for the most part, he, he, he has played mistake-free football this year. Yeah, that's why like, fans are we're fanatics. That's what fans stand for is fanatics. Uh, like that, we all want to win it every week. We don't want to go to a eventual last week um, when we should have beat the New England Patriots because facts, facts, New England Patriots aren't that good. Um, but uh, yeah, to be honest, after the first quarter, I was like, oh, here we go. Josh Allen was running all over the Jets at that stage. But look, the Jets hung in. I thought coaching, I thought was very, very good. I thought it was the best game this, the last two seasons with the Jets as coach with, with the coaches. Um, I thought the like I said, the offensive line in the fourth quarter was excellent. Um, defense was absolutely lights out, savage. Like I think for me, in the, how we finished the game was the most pleasurable part because that's a team that's confident. You know, they they, they yeah. took all the time off the clock, they ran the ball down their throats and like, you know, uh they could see the Bills couldn't stop them, so they kept doing it. And you know, that's what you should do in uh, scenarios like that is you you kind of strangle hold the Bills and, you know, run down the clock, win the game and, you know, move on to the following week. It's a kind of pro- very professional kind of a- attitude which is great to see, I think, considering exactly where we came from last year. You know, like we had the total overall pick last year. I think we'll be looking in the, maybe in the mid-20s, but it looks at things uh, like, yeah, I think the growth there, like, you know, from, we penciled in the Green Bay game a couple of weeks ago as a, a game to make a statement against a big sort of uh, quarterback and kind of a big franchise. I kind of wasn't expecting this statement so early, but what a statement. You know, like, you, you kind of look at, had we have beaten, um, like, uh, 
the Patriots last week, we'd actually be probably the number one, not number two seed this week. Yeah, you know, like to, to move up that that high in the AFC rankings in a year is kind of a you know it's it's a serious job done by all behind like I suppose the court and shall we say head coach coordinators GM you know you have to kind of give props to all those guys to get that kind of mentality and attitude where you know like a team with the total overall pick is going up against probably the Super Bowl favorites and running the ball down their throat for seven minutes. You know, yeah. that's, that's an amazing job. Like, you have to give props as well to Joe Douglas. Like, the last three years, um, like, he's built something. Like, go back to last, the last draft hall. Um, it looks like every, every draft pick he's had has been a hit. Like, I'm not going to say question marks, but we're not seeing Rooker at the moment because they're giving him time to grow. Like, he, he's not going to do much on the, on the, and the field at the moment, so I'm looking to next year to see what to see so him. Now, go to the year before. He's got players that are after coming out of that draft that are hit hit. Um, you go to the year before that. We've had uh, Kai Beckton. He's had his injuries. He's still on the roster. He's to come back next season. They're impressed with him at the moment. He's working out in in Florham Park. Um, you've got Denzel Mims that has been making mistakes. That has been Putting the bomb squad, he's back. He the last three games, you know, he's performing, he's doing his job, and he's getting better each week. Like there uh, near the end of the game, he had one big catch it in, I think it was in their twenty yard line, and it was an impressive catch because I think there was three defenders on him at that stage. Mm-hmm. I think he's blocking well, he's doing really well for the run game. So yeah, I'm 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 impressed so far with what. Joe Douglas has brought to the team. I think when you highlight Mims there as well, Ian, you have to maybe give props to the coaches, you know, because like he's one of those guys that kind of handed in a a trade like request and wanted to leave, felt like he wasn't getting a chance. And yeah, like that kind of like, I suppose in a way, certainly put him in the doghouse with a lot of fans, but I'm sure with his own coaches, would have been the same type of thing. So he had to kind of crawl out of there as well. And, yeah. you know, even the very, either the first or second play in the game where Zach Wilson tried to hit him with a long bomb down the, the sideline. Like, how you, like, it was a tough catch to make, but how yeah. you have made it, like, it was, would have been an amazing play. I know he didn't, but like, to be even getting as close as he did for that ball, like, kind of shows a bit more of a confidence. And, yeah, again, like we have uh, news this week that Elijah Moore is going to be played predominantly a lot more in the slot now. And I was kind of like thinking as well <clears throat> as to why his targets were suffering. And if he played a lot to the left-hand side of Zach Wilson, I would suggest that that would be probably a major reason as in Zach not thrown across his body because when Zach took off, he always took off right. So if Moore's on the left-hand side of the field. He's less likely to throw back across it. You know, uh, I'm not sure if that is the case, but, like, with, I suppose, just a few guys missing, it could have been possible that Moore was lining up a a lot more on the left-hand side. So when Zach was taken off, he then became not an option, you know? And maybe the slot moving him in there where he's doing a few crossing routes and stuff like that, should kind of help increase uh, 
I suppose, production form moving forward. Yeah, the other thing is that nobody's mentioning is um, Barrios. The way he's performing, he's overshadowing more at the at the moment as well. So he's getting a lot of the targets because like that he's catching the ball and he's making he's making moves, he's making plays. Um, and going back to Denzel Mims, Rich, there's not many players that come out of Baylor that actually produce in the NFL. So to see a guy, especially wide receivers, come out of Baylor, struggle for three seasons, and now he's starting to, you know, he's starting to show something. So, which Corey yeah, Davis... You can back as well, Ian. We, we had a lesson we learned ourselves when we were talking before about Brian Wintels. Uh, the guard we drafted a good couple of years ago from Kansas State. Like, uh, for the first three years, he was horrendous. Oh, and yeah. then year four, like, he kind of earned himself a kind of a, a new deal with how he played. And he was, like, a pretty, pretty good player that year. You know, like, it, it, we, we kind of forget sometimes that uh, players take time to come into the league and adjust and, you know, be a professional and understand that it's a job and what's required to make it. You know, like... You can kind of come in with the wrong sort of attitude, as in like I could, like overly confident, shall we say, and then it can like the reality can kind of hit you like a ton of bricks. And I think you know it's probably more uh, those kind of lower school prospects, I guess, that might have the biggest uh, sh- change, like from uh, the higher programs like Alabama, LSU. I would assume they're probably a lot more professionally ran than the lower schools like BYU or Wyoming and all of those other places. You know, that's not a knock on them, but just in terms of like the step up, you know, in mindsets of how like things are done, all of that type of stuff. It can, uh, you know, it can take a little while to get used to the professional side of the sport. And, and then also the, the step up in competition, you know, like people kind of forget that. That can take a while to like understand how you've been marked, what type of coverages you're seeing, what defenders can usually do to try and box you out of your play or take you off your route. All of that type of stuff takes time to learn. And, you know, like I suppose what we kind of forget is all we can kind of ask is the players to come in and develop and, you know, have a good attitude about it. I think Mims' attitude has changed for the positive over the last year and, yeah, his development looks to be, uh, you know, starting to move in the right direction. Yeah, the other thing is, Rich, I think fans forget, going back eight, ten years ago, um, any wide receivers really coming out of college, it took them literally three years to click. Um, I remember a guy coming out, I think it was Clemson, uh, drafted by Houston. He's with Arizona at the yeah, it took him three yeah. years to actually produce, and now he's one of the best of the in the NFL. Um, so yeah, that's why they call us fanatics, our fans, fanatics, <laughs> because yeah, we want production straight away, we want to win straight away. But yeah, moving on to the defense, and you know, you look at Sauce, an awful lot of people are disappointed we didn't take an offensive tackle, and um, we took Sauce. He's the he's top ranked. Um, Rookie of the year so far, he's absolutely producing, and I think between him and Wilson, they're so infectious. And seeing them on the sideline, seeing that Mims catch, 
and you see Wilson running over, jumping into the air. Like that's 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 fantastic. And I think that's helping Mims as well. And other players. I think even like Ian, if you look at the group of callbacks that we have now, like we've got DJ Reed, who's quality. I think he's uh, like I think Southgate is the number one ranked caller in the league at the moment. I think DJ Reed's ranked number five. I just read something like that. I didn't fully go into the article because there's so many of them. But uh, you also have uh, Brandon Eccles, who's a year or two player, and uh, Michael Carr, the second. I'm going to say. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure it's Michael Carter the second, uh, also playing in the cornerback position. And like, you know, like w- when we did the, this show back in maybe April or May of last year or after the end of the season, that cornerback group, like, well, we had a lot of uh, hope for its potential, uh, Bryce Hall included in that as well at that time. Uh, you know, there was no real sort of reliance as in like, you know, you could pin your hat on that group and there was a lot of uncertainty. I think uh, it's probably one of the best cornerback groupings in the NFL now. Just the way they're playing, it's yeah. the transformation like is amazing when you add those two guys to it. Because uh, yeah, like Echoes, I have to say, has been no slouch this year as well. And Carter showing up lots of times with good coverage too. Like uh, they are kind of playing that um, Rex Ryan style, I guess. If you get me where you know that they're, they're asking the corners to play man and like battle and. You know, and that's what's given them the opportunity to then <clears throat> rush four rather than blitz the whole time. And yeah, while we haven't, I guess we've handled the run a lot better over the last couple of weeks too. So yeah, like I think that's a, a lot of it is down to the corners and the trust in them now that the the team has that they can all kind of be comfortable as and that the coverage they're going to cover them for long enough for the four that they're sending to get home or make a, a big impression on the play. So, yeah, it's, as I said, the pass rush is great, but the corners on top of the job they're doing, uh, like, you know, individually and collectively, like the, the, the impact they're having on the Jets' pass rush, I think, is very positive too. Yeah, and here's another one for you. Um, an awful lot of Jets fans wanted uh, Thibodeau, the defensive end from Oregon, and I I stood up and I said no I didn't like him I um, still don't like him um, I wanted JJ and people were laughing at me for saying draft him in the top 10 now he's producing like that was a serious sack on uh, Josh Allen chasing down the sideline and absolutely upended him um, the other thing is going back a couple of seasons um and he's producing now his hoof, the defensive end. I was I was absolutely shouting from the hilltops for the Jets draft that guy because he was my guy that year. Uh the Jets picked it up and on draft the free agency, which thank God it did. Stroke luck. Yeah. Um so yeah, the Jet like fair play to Joe Douglas, the work he's done the last three years. Um I think it's kind of like a closer even if you if you get me now. Like you're yeah. you're bringing Huff in a lot more in the fourth quarter, and you're just like letting them off the leash. That's kind of how he's playing, you know. And like yeah. he may only have maybe sixteen, eighteen snaps in the game, but you're probably going to see an impact from him in half of them. Like whether it be where he actually gets 
a pressure or a sack or, you know, like he's taken up two guys and somebody else is getting the benefit from it. So his play has been outstanding. I think he's a free agent as well uh, coming up. So, is he not? You know, a, yeah, he's definitely looking at him. I'm not, not sure now. Anyway, no. yeah, and, and the other thing is with the player, Wolf, he's basically after forcing uh, Joe Douglas to make that trade last week to get rid of your man from the Brian from Houston. Um, and like that, you've got rankings. He's starting to juice now, which is great. But the other thing is, he's out for, I think, four weeks now. So uh, he'll have this week, he'll have next week, and then it'll be two weeks. Because the Jets, like that, were on the bye week. So yeah. you're going to have a lot of players coming back from injury. And I think it's I think it's a good thing the Jets have their bye week now. I agree, yeah. I think particularly after, like, we're in a 6-3. and three, You know, the division is really, really competitive this year. Like you said, Adam, about the Patriots not being a good team. I kind of disagree. But I think they're shit. Chicago, yeah, they're a good side. I think they're good on offense, and they've there's got a quarterback. There's, there's yeah, you look at Jackson again. Yeah, like I, I think so. You know, like I look at the uh, most of our home games is almost like wins. There, I think we Chicago, Jacksonville, and another kind of easierish team. Let's yeah. uh, say Jaguars, Lions, the Lions, yeah, that's the Bears. even the Vikings. The Vikings, even though like they're seven and one, for me they're kind of one of the out their teams. They've had a lot of games in the division, and the division is pretty weak this year. So they got a lot of wins against, for me, weakish teams. So yeah, I think uh, 
think the Jets like two on roll games Jets have a chance of winning I think the Jets could have a, a chance of winning in Gillette Stadium against the Patriots and in Seattle I think there are two games that I would circle that we could win on the road yeah and then as I said like uh, Miami we've had a good record down there um, they'll be probably looking to take a bit of revenge while losing without Tua against us up in MetLife so I think uh, that's another game that they could kind of nearly try too hard, like put too much pressure on themselves to to, to win. But yeah, I think uh, look, the Jets look as a team like they're ready to compete with everybody. The the way they're playing in the fourth quarter, how they're scoring points in the quarter, that fourth quarter and ending games, you know, it's it's kind of putting them in the hunt when you look through that list. I've been in the hunt of winning in every one of those games. Like, would you be surprised now that we could go to Buffalo and win there? I wouldn't. Yeah. You know, like you just don't know it's on any given Sunday too. That's that's uh, you know, yeah. a given. But it's just yeah, I think that there is a lot of winnable games out there for us. What hell we're playing and the belief the team are showing. So yeah. And, and the other thing is, like Max Williams is due to come back as well. That's more help for the offensive line. And um. Michael Clements, he's flying under the radar, having a decent season for a fourth round uh, defensive defensive end. Yeah, uh, excuse me. Yeah, quick question, uh, just veering off the Jets and the NFL at the moment. What's your thoughts on the season so far for college football? Uh, honestly, at the minute, now Ian, I haven't really watched that much of it, other than like. Kind of more the highlight programs as to just what's happening, and yeah, it kind of seems to be like a little bit of a change in the guard there this year. Uh, there's a lot of, I suppose, the usual teams that are look to be faltering. Alabama doesn't look the same this year, um, and then yeah, like I suppose, like Georgia, you look at them being that sort of yardstick of a team again. Tennessee's coming back to a bit of form as well. Uh, and I haven't even, to be fair, I haven't even really looked at uh, what our potential needs in the draft could be next year. I, I, I'm quite because we're doing so well in the season, Ian, and it's not the, the usual. I kind of usually do that stuff to take the, my mind off of how bad we're doing. So yeah, I haven't really been like engrossed in um, process. Uh, yeah, well. I
you would combine with the amount of, um, I suppose, uh, injuries the O-line has had shows the kind of depth that's required now in today's NFL to, you know, keep those trenches uh, your place of uh, strength. And, yeah, like I think you look at even against the Bills, that that was kind of the case. You know, we won though that game in the trenches, both on the defensive side of the football, well, a front book four been so effective getting to Josh Allen. Now, he did run a couple of nice plays back. Yeah, you know, they were quite, quite frustrating to watch, like the, the run end of things when he took off. But like, even if you look at like in the fourth quarter, like the O-line, they started to dominate too. Like, you know, they could run at will. And yeah, I think if we keep those sort of trenches strong moving forward, those, Every chance we'll be in with a chance of winning every game and, and win quite a lot of them given the mentality that this team has. You're on mute, Darian. Apologies. Yeah, no, this season though I've been watching an awful lot of um, college football. Uh, but like that, I said it at the start of the season that Alabama is not going to be the Alabama that it used to be. I honestly thought they were going to be poor this year. Coaching at Alabama uh, has been really poor. I don't think the standard of player is there like they used to have. I think coaching around college football has taken a step back. Um, and looking at the draft next 2023, I don't think it's as, it's going to be as stopped as what it used to be, decent players. Um, for me, like, it's going to be linebacker safety and offensive line for me. That's why I'm going to be watching. I've been watching an awful lot of center and middle linebacker. And my guy so far this year is Boomer, Boomer Poole from um, Arkansas. Like he's slated going to round five or six, but I think he's an absolute ball. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Um, that's my shout out so far this year is he's my guy Boomer Poole I just just as you're talking about middle linebacker um, our very own CJ Mosley I think he's uh, less than a 6 million cap hit but he's already 88 tackles this year on playing outstanding football like pro ball level football Yeah. but as I was kind of doing a little bit of like swatting around uh, this week I noticed uh, next year he's due to be earning over twenty-one million. Now, yeah, for me that's like kind of crazy money, but like he's playing crazy good. Is the kind of a happy medium there where he can take maybe a bit of a pay cut and open up a bit more cap for us next year, or like would it be a case of where it's like we kind of have to cut him like and move on because just that figure you can't justify. Here's the other thing: is rich. I think Fant is due, I think, 11 million next year, or, or else he's a free agent. Um, then you've got, uh, McGovern, center, he's due in, in around 10 or 11 million at center, and he's 29 at the moment. Um, 
You've got uh, Quinn Williams. He's he's a two big pain as well. So Jets like Capwise next year, they're going to have to do some work or let some guys go and absolutely hit the draft again, big time. Um, something to look forward to. Yeah, like I, I, I noticed as well, the likes of DJ Reed and CJ with the two tight ends actually are due quite big pay increases next year and Whitehead the same. So, yeah, like we may be a little bit more strapped for cash than we think, uh, cap wise. And that's why when I just seen how good CJ Mosley is playing and he's like, you know, he's playing absolutely outstanding. But yeah, I think even at that, I think like, you know, maybe. 16, 17 million max is the most you could probably justify paying the best middle linebacker in the league. And, you know, Mosley's certain up, up there this year with how he's playing. Yeah, exactly. He's playing lights out. I know he doesn't have this that, uh, speed, like, say, like, say, like, Williams at linebacker has, but like that, he can read the game. He knows where to go, knows where to stand, and knows where to be. Um, He's an intelligent uh, linebacker. That's what you need, and he's a leader, big time leader. Um, you need that in your in the middle of your defense. But like that, I, I wouldn't mind getting another young guy in there that's explosive. Um, but Smallwood, he's shown the odd flash, but he's no like he should be. He should be on the scene at the moment, the middle of the year too. Just on like um the middle of the defense, as you put it, you've got uh the season Quinn and Williams is having like uh absolute like you know I've certainly questioned him on the show as regards to how good he has been. But I haven't at the minute he's just uh, just saying I haven't tearing it up. <laughs> right, no, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I, I need to be impressed, and uh, he has impressed me this year. Got something serious. Again, I suppose the same type of question. Like, uh, I think we've definitely found ourselves certainly a top three at the position. Like, I think top five at the position. Now you can't even argue. But um, yeah, yeah. Just in terms of like a, a new long term deal for him, what type of figures would you be uh, okay with spending on on Quinn and on keeping him on the roster? It's going to have to be between twenty and twenty five. That's why he's, that's why he's going to end up getting, I'd say, 25. Yeah, that's uh, like if, if, like, if, yeah. if Mosley's going to get 21, he's definitely going to get yeah. 25. And he's young. Yeah. yeah, like I think uh, that could be the, you know, uh, I don't know, like for me, I think Joe Douglas has to have a, like a figure in mind. And by the looks of things, he's kind of stuck to that figure. On quite a few occasions, like uh, even like I suppose the figures he brought Barrios back on last year was quite team friendly figures. Yeah. Uh, Quincy Williams, he's on two and a half million this year after signing a new deal. You know, like uh, he's he's got guys to kind of like play ball with the with the team in terms of keeping the the cap figures down. I just kind of hope you know that like as good as like Quincy Williams. Well, as good as Quinn Williams as um, playing that position, that you know he doesn't price himself out of like, yeah, like staying number one, but number two also out of like giving us the opportunity to add 
you know, a better supporting cast with a bit more cap left over. Yeah, the only thing working in his favour is the roster is so young. That's the only thing that's working in his favour. The other thing is, do the Jets then turn around and let one of the tight ends walk and then load in, load in the new tight end? Like, you've got your boy there as well. You've, well, you've got Whitehead. Like, Whitehead has been okay so far. Um, like, there is players on this roster that you could let go and you, you wouldn't even think twice about. I get that there. Like, uh, even from the tight end perspective, like, maybe the plan this year was to bring in two free agent tight ends and a, and a rookie and then over the course of this year to pick the one free agent tight end that fits best with the the team, like chemistry-wise, get rid of the other one and then bring in your kind of year two guy to replace that second one, you know? Yeah, and the other thing is, like, Conklin is clicking and has chemistry there with Zach. Uzama is 30, 31 now. Or he's in his 30s. Yeah. So maybe he comes back in a cheaper deal. He's come. He's come. Uh, he's come on a, a bit, like in terms of into the game plan as blocking. That has actually been very, very good too. And I've been watching him. Uh, and yeah, like so far he's shown kind of reliable hands in the last couple of weeks too. When he has been targeted, and there's been a few nice uh, plays he's had. So yeah, like he's getting a little bit more involved with the offense. But yeah, I think for me, Conklin is the kind of real. Plus, there at the tight end position this year. Yeah. What's your thoughts, actually? Question. What's your thoughts on the tight end position if you were to look at one in round one? I'm not saying the Jets are going to do it or want the Jets to do it. If you were a GM, would you spend a first round pick on a tight end? I'd still maybe pick 20. Yes, I probably would. But before that, no. I think uh, very much like the Jamal Adams scenario, like when you're a top five pick, like I think Atlanta's going to have the same issue with Pitts there. He's going to be want to be play, paid like he's a top five pick, not like he's a tight end. Just like, you know, you, Jamal Adams wanted to be paid like a top five pick because he came in and performed from that spot. And it was too much for the safety position. I think that's the... the the trouble you face with drafting players, you don't want to really pay, or positions you don't want to really pay much if they do walk out, you know, and that's why I think those top 20 positions should be more quarterback, tackles, wide receivers, corners, you know, that should be the, the because they're the pain when... Yeah, well, why I'm asking is that like the... Detroit Lions selected Hawkins in, in round one a couple of years ago. They traded him away last week. Um, mm. And then you look down through the years, the amount of first round picks at tight end, how many have actually worked out compared to picks after the first round. Like you look at uh, Kelsey. Kelsey was a second round pick, a third round pick. You've got uh, Gronk, I don't think was a first round pick. No, Hernandez was the same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even the guy at, um, the guy at, what you call him, uh, Andrews, 
at Baltimore. He was a mid-round draft pick. You've got yeah. um, you've got the guy that wrote Penn State that was selected, I think, second round by the Steelers. Yeah, there's so many big time yeah. ends that don't go in the first round. That's what that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway, guys, that brings us to the end of the show. Um, we're also just to let people know we're also on the sports sports social network, so you can get us there. Um, it's Slon for me. And Slon for me. Yeah. Catch you next week, right, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network.